Coaches, leaders, hello, welcome to episode three of the podcast. I hope you're having an excellent day, an excellent week. Uh, for those of you that may not know me or who is on the mic today, uh, this is John Hobgood, and I am honored to be here with you um, to take a little bit of time to unpack some content that I hope will be of value. Uh, I know your time is probably short, and I want to honor that. And I'm going to do my best to be as quick and as value-packing as I possibly can be. Um, to lay a little bit of foundation, if this is your first time listening in, uh, you know, maybe you just caught wind of the podcast, um, you know, maybe you weren't seeing the glip messages. Um, this is basically a podcast that Pastor Travis and I are tackling together. And we're going to just discuss some different topics that we're passionate about and believe are some of the keys, some of the building blocks to moving the quote-unquote leadership ball forward, not just in ministry, but within our own lives. Um, and so we're going to release a podcast, about a 20 to 30-minute podcast once a week in order to give some value and some content that you can take with you and hopefully learn to cultivate internally. Um, and so you can attack it externally when we get back into a building, back into the rhythm, um, and start guiding our teams again and growing our teams again. Uh, and so... Uh, before we even hop into today's topic, um, I would encourage you, if you haven't already, uh, go back and listen to episode one and two. Uh, PT really did a great, great job of, of executing and explaining um, the art of teamwork, um, as well as the art of simplicity and how those relate to us, not only in our leadership today, but in a biblical sense. And so... Um, if you haven't taken the time, I, again, please go back, uh, listen to those two episodes. Um, the way we're doing this is we're trying to help these feed into each other. And so, uh, you know, you don't necessarily want to start a series, a TV show series in the middle, right? You want to start at the beginning. And so um, these are kind of feed off of each other, and they're going to make a lot of sense together. And um, not that necessarily is one's going to move right into the other, but they all have a lot to do with each other, and uh, you'll kind of see that as we go. So um, with that, let's dive into today's topic, um, which is going to illuminate the thought of how we can take issues or snags that may happen in our leadership and within our teams and learn to prioritize them individually and then execute plans of attack. So if you got pen, if you got paper, feel free to take it out and take some notes, um, and let's get this thing started. So, the topic of this week is called Prioritize and Execute. All right, and so before we kind of dive into this topic, I think it's going to be important for us to first break these down and define them um, so then we can put them together in the puzzle. So, what is prioritizing and executing? Um, by breaking this down, I think we're going to really lay the foundation. So, um, prioritize means to designate or treat something of more importance than other things, right? And to execute means to carry out or put into effect. It's a plan or an order or a course of action, right? So now you may know what both of these terms mean in a dictionary sense, but the question is why are they highly important terms in leadership and in ministry? Well, Let's start with the ministry part. All right, let's open up. Uh, if you open up to Matthew 9, beginning in verse 1, okay, we're going to look at a very popular story where Jesus is teaching at a house, right? 
and a paralytic is brought to him on a mat. And, uh, you know, basically what happens is, I'm sure you guys have all heard the story, but if, if for whatever reason you've forgotten, basically you had a paralytic and you had some friends that were um, like, you know what, Jesus is in town and we're going to take you to get healed because you need some healing. And uh, so they basically load their friend up onto a map and they walk him all the way to see Jesus. Now, I don't know how far that was, but it was a far walk. And uh, it was a pretty long journey. And so um, when they get there, they realize that the crowd around the house, in the house, is way too big for them to even come close. And uh, because of that, they couldn't just walk into the front door. You know, so they had to think about this from a different perspective. And so they said, hey, here's an idea. Uh, let's lower him through the roof. I feel like I would be that guy, by the way. I'd be the one that's like, hmm, yeah, let's just put him in through the roof. Let's put a hole through the roof. We'll just drop him in. I'm sure he'll be fine. I mean, he's already paralyzed. <laughs> so, right. So what does this tell us about the man on the mat? What does this tell us about the paralytic? Okay. There's three things that I'm noticing. Okay. One is this. The friends of the paralytic realized their biggest priority. Their friend needed healing. Okay? The second thing is this. The only way to execute this effectively to accomplish the mission was to lower him in through the roof. Okay, now I want you to keep something in mind here. This was, again, this was not an easy journey. All right? There was not paved roads back then. Okay? They didn't have cars, obviously. They'd been carrying this man for a long time, on a mat, okay? I'm sure he was complaining. He, was, he probably didn't want to go to begin with, but now when he got there and he sees the crowd, he's like, well, now it's definitely impossible. And he's like, he's tired, he's sweaty, he's dirty. And he's like, I don't want to do this. So I'm sure that there was a lot of complaining going on. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure he was like, yo, I ain't about this life. Take me back to the house. But what is interesting is that um, this brings me to my, my third point on this story. Um, they were not concerned about collateral damage, and that included this man's complaining if it was if it was happening, right? They knew that the roof was going to end up with a hole in it. They also knew the crowd would be watching. They'd be wondering what was going on. They knew they were interrupting a moment, but in that moment, there was a higher priority at stake. Right, so they prioritized the problem. They said, what is our biggest issue? Our friend needs healing. How do we execute that? To, to, how do we execute this plan for, in order to accomplish the priority? We're going to lower them in through the roof. They found a way. They made a way. They made a call. Okay, so uh, with that in mind, um, you know, what are some ways that we can implement structure like this into our own leadership and transfer it to our teams? How do we take problems or issues that may arise within our own teams and break those down into bite-sized, chewable pieces that aren't so overwhelming? Um, I've got about three points that I want to go over really quickly. Um, it shouldn't take long, but I think this is really going to help us open up a little bit of perspective and help us look at this from a different angle. Okay, so the first point is this. Identify your biggest issue first. Um, I think that uh, all of us as leaders, I know that I do this, um, 
one thing that I love to do more than anything is I want to solve everything right now as quickly as possible. I want the least amount of issues um, as possible, right? And I think anybody in here could agree with me um, that every, every of, course, of course that's what we want, right? No problems. But I think we have to understand that um, we cannot solve every problem at the same time, okay? And we don't need to try to do that. And I'm going to say this, and it may uh, it may hurt some feelings here, right? We may have to get through some. We may have to get through this together. Uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. Multitasking is not real, okay? <laughs> all right. Yes, I said it. Okay, it's all right. We're take a deep breath. All right. I'm going to explain. Okay, but you can look it up. Fact check me. All right. Your brain cannot perform two tasks that require high level brain function at the same time, okay? Your brain just bounces back and forth from one task to the other. Now you say, well, what about me chewing gum and walking at the same time? That's not what I'm talking about. That does not require high-level brain function. I'm talking about anything that requires you to actually think, okay? You, your brain cannot do that at the same time as something else, okay? Um, so what happens is, is when we try to solve everything at once, um, I don't know if you've ever heard this term or not, but we end up with paralysis by analysis. So we get so busy looking at every problem that we need to solve, we start running around trying to fix everything, and next thing you know, six hours has gone by, and you've gotten absolutely nothing done, right? That's the same thing as being busy and not productive, right? So, um, you know, and, and I know that's happened to me. I'll think, man, I've got this huge list of things I need to get done. I try to solve everything at once. I've got all these problems, and then I look up at the clock, and it's like, oh, wow, 2 o'clock already. Wow, I've got nothing done, right? And so the thing to remember is that every problem needs attention, okay? Um, no one says, you know, hey, boss, I've got a problem over here, but don't worry about it. It doesn't need to be addressed, right? That, that doesn't happen. And, you know, if it wasn't a problem, they wouldn't have brought it up to your attention anyway. So they either would have figured it out, right, or they would have been working on it. But... Every problem needs attention, and your job as a leader is to identify your main problem and attack it, and then move on to the next, okay? So trying to solve everything all at once will cause you to lose sight of the priorities at hand, and that in turn will cause you to expend energy in directions that do not serve the overall mission, okay? So we want to make sure that we're expending our energy on the biggest issue first, okay? Um, I, like for example, I keep a hot list, I call it a hot list, of things that I need to get done each day. And although I may write those things down the way that they come at me, I will look each day to see what, what, is, what is the biggest thing that I need to get done that would have the biggest impact. So it's not all about problems, it's also about execution. It's about how to execute your daily tasks, your weekly tasks, your goals. Um, there's even a book out there called The One Thing that focuses solely on this topic. What is the one thing that I need to do right now to have the biggest impact? Okay, so whether that be a problem or whether that be a task. All right, so number one, identify your biggest issue. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number two, allow your team to be problem solvers. Okay, now this is a big one. As a leader, our role is to make the call that is best for the overall mission. Now, you can't make the best calls if you're the only one making the call, 
All right, I'm gonna say that again, and that was a tongue twister. You can't always make the best calls if you're the only one making the call. All right, you have to trust the team that is under you to help solve some issues. And it's also a way that they get buy-in, all right? Don't be a problem hog, share some of it, okay? Your team is full of different strengths. Okay, so let me give you an example, and I don't know if she's listening to this right now or not, but uh, Miss Corinne, she is our uh, newly indicted production uh, leader, right? Now, um, she, she also knows a lot about the production side of it. She knows uh, the board. She knows pro presenter, right? But let's just say that um, Ms. Corinne was put in this spot not because she knows anything about production, but just because she knows how to fit people in the places that, need, that they need to go. And, and she does. She's a great leader. But let's just say that's the only thing she's got, right? She doesn't know anything about production at all. If something goes wrong with that soundboard, then she is not going to be able to figure that problem out herself. She's going to have to trust her team to help her work out the issue. Now, that does not mean that once we get back in the building, a problem happens and you go to lunch and you're like, well, John said, you know, I didn't have to help. My team needed to figure it out, right? Don't even, I, I will deny that <laughs> in a heartbeat. But, you know, you don't just, you don't just leave and tell them to call you when it's figured out, but you, do, you also don't just hop into the mix um, and take the entire situation over. Allow them to get their hands dirty and help you figure out the issues, right? Two is better than one. More eyes on a situation is better than one. Um, and I can tell you right now as an example, I don't know the first thing about that soundboard. If that thing jacked up, I can tell you now, I don't know what I could do to fix it, but I know the people that can, and I could go to those people and say, hey, listen, we have a problem here. What can we do about it? And so, uh, you know, we're going to dive into that particular topic a little bit more next week, but the basis on, on that particular point is it's not about you coming up with a solution. It's about coming up with a solution. So keep that in mind. That's, again, number two, allow your team to be problem solvers. All right? Let's move on to number three. Uh, communication and flexibility are key. All right? Uh, the only way you are accurately going to solve a problem is to first communicate that there is one. Right? And we want to make sure that our communication is simple, it's to the point, and it's clear on what the priority is. Okay? So anytime there's a situation or a problem at hand, I give this example to um, you know, teams, whether it be in my secular business or whether it be at the church. I've used this example before. If somebody is dying on the side of the road and they have very little time left, they're bleeding out, okay, you're not going to call and say, hey, I've got a 422-337 uh, over here at uh, latitude 2235. You're going to say, I got a man dying. Send an ambulance right now. I'm on the corner of Gervais and Assembly, right? So you have to be very clear on what the priority is that we have to fix. Communication is key to fixing the problem, okay? And so once we do that, we're able to clearly see what the priority is, then we can move on to executing the plan on how to fix that problem. All right, another thing is this. Don't let your team hear you yell over the radio. Um, I, I've actually had pastors tell me that specifically. Uh, Pastor Brandon's told me that about issues that I've been going through with teams. Uh, you know, don't let your team hear you yell over the radio. What does that mean? It means that if you're in a state of panic 
and your team knows that, they too will be in a state of panic. We have to stay calm and level-headed. As much as we don't want to in some moments, we have to understand that when there are problems, the only thing that could possibly make it worse is that is when the leader of the team is freaking out, right? That is that will do nothing but ensue more panic, more fear, uh, because your team will think, "Wow, if if our leader is freaking out, then I definitely need to be freaking out," right? So you want to be that beacon. You want to be that level-headed, um, you know, point where. You know, you're able to make the calls effectively. And even if you are freaking out internally, don't let them know that. So another thing is we have to be flexible, all right? All things are subject to change, including problems. All right, you may have thought your main priority was one issue and turns out it was another. As a leader, you have to be flexible and you have to be able to cover and move, all right? And uh, not all issues and priorities are created equal. Some take different levels of energy, time, resources, and people. It's our job as leaders to figure that out. Who needs to be where? What needs to be fixed? Who can make the right calls? Um, what do we need to do next? Right? And my last point here is to relax, look around, and make the call. Okay? So we have communication and flexibility are key. And the last closing point is relax look around, and make the call, okay? You're the leader for a reason, all right? You were not picked from a random name generator, okay? And not only does Radiate Church believe in you, but God has a purpose for you, and there's a reason you're considered a coach here. So you have the privilege to make the call, all right? And I'm going to say this, and I know this is going to shock a lot of you, okay? Um, but that's why I'm here, to call you up and to make sure that we are not on our high horses, <laughs> okay? But as shocking as this may be, um, you will not always make the right call, okay? And that is okay, all right? And I can tell you right now from personal experience that if I don't make the right call, it eats me alive. There is nothing that anybody could tell me uh, that would make me feel worse then I've already made me feel. And I'm sure there's plenty of you out there listening to this nodding your head like, yep, I'm the same exact way. Um, you know, a lot of times we are our worst critic. Um, and so you have to be okay with knowing that uh, we're not intentionally trying to make the wrong calls, um, but there's just some times where we make the wrong call and we have to learn to move forward. And with every wrong call, it gives us the experience, it gives us stronger vision, and it enables us to be prepared the next time we are faced with a tough choice, all right? And so we have to realize that, you know, at the end of the day, the buck stops with you, right? And leaders are the most, typically anyway, the most respected individuals with, you know, among a team, but we also have the hardest job out of anyone, okay? And I can tell you now that I've been a part, whether it be a part of meetings at, a sec at my secular job or it be a part of the staff meetings, um, you know, at Radiate. When something goes wrong, uh, Pastor Brandon and Pastor Travis or whoever is experiencing the issue, um, they don't typically say, hey, why did, the, why did this frontline guy or why did this frontline girl mess up? They look at us as leaders and say, how do we prevent this from happening again? Right? And so um, at the end of the day, you have to understand that you as the leader 
are responsible for every single thing that happens on your team and every single person. And the only way to make sure that we are being effective in what we're doing, right, is by prioritizing the problem and then executing it after the fact. So if we, we identify our biggest issue first, that's the first point, right? The second point is we're going to allow our team to be problem solvers. All right, we're going to allow them to have some buy-in. We're going to allow them to help out and help make some calls. The third thing is communication and flexibility are key. We have to communicate the issue effectively, and we have to be willing to be flexible because not all issues and not all priorities are created equal. And then finally, we have to relax, look around, and make the call. And uh, the, at the end of the day, guys, we can do as much recon as possible. We can evaluate as much as we want to, but um, at the end of the day, we have to make a call one way, shape, or another. And if it's not the right call, that is okay. So um, that is all I've got for you today. And I thank you guys so much for allowing me to take up a little bit of your day uh, to try and provide some value. I hope this helped. I hope it gave you a little bit of perspective um, you know, and I believe God's moving at Radiate. I believe he's allowing us as leaders to be the ones to move the line first, right? We get to toe the line, and that's a privilege for us. That's an opportunity for us, um, and I'm honored to be a part of that with you. Uh, next week, we're going to dive into a topic called Decentralized Command, Decentralized Command, and that's where we're going to put our main focus on how to empower others on your team uh, so that you can be a leader of leaders, um, so when you're able to teach others to lead, uh, that's how you're truly growing your team. If you're the only leader, uh, the roof never gets above you. And that, my friends, is a recipe for disaster. So um, it's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, that'll be released next Tuesday. And uh, Pastor Travis and I are also going to be looking to do uh, some future topics together, some Q&A. It's going to be a really good time. We're looking forward to um, going on this journey with you guys. And uh, I know I'm definitely looking forward to it. So I love you. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll talk again soon.